Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Golden Astrologer podcast. My name is Deb McBride, and it is February 2nd, 2020, on a Sunday evening in Santa Cruz, Costa Rica. And this week, we have some interesting things happening. We have two signs, two planets changing signs this week. So tomorrow, Mercury, the planet of communication, leaves Aquarius and goes into Pisces. Now this is interesting because Mercury is the planet, as I mentioned, of communication, articulation, analysis. It kind of likes being an Aquarius. It's a good expression for Mercury to be an Aquarius. But once tomorrow comes and it moves into Pisces, Mercury is now in what we call it's uh, it's in its opposite place of where its rulership is. So Mercury rules Virgo and the opposite sign is Pisces. And so Mercury is no longer operating uh, in the realm of comfort for itself. And it's in its detriment there. Um, And what that means is, and it doesn't mean it's like (gasps) detrimental to have Mercury in Pisces. It's, and if you have Mercury in Pisces, it's really bad. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means that Mercury, which is an articulate, intellectual, analytical planet, does better in those kinds of signs, like Gemini and Virgo and, and its rulership and and often Aquarius but once it gets into a feely sign like Pisces this is where Mercury does not have words and so now we are losing words in the sky also because the sun is in Aquarius and will be for you know another couple weeks and Mercury is now in the watery realm as of tomorrow so right now Mercury is in Aquarius tomorrow goes into Pisces and Putting Mercury, a planet of articulation, in the watery realms means that Mercury is going to be in a place of feeling, sensitivity, intuition, rather than a place of hmm, hardcore analysis, uh, fixity, as it was in Aquarius, um, detailed words, speaking, communicating eloquently. This is, hmm, I have no words. (laughs) This is, my words fail me, or it defies description, or it defies any sort of real uh, clarity because it's all ethereal. Now, Pisces is the most ethereal of all the signs, and we already have Neptune, and we have Venus in Pisces, and last week, you'll recall that they were conjunct, and then they met up in uh, with the moon last week, last Tuesday or so, and now we are moving to a place where Mercury goes into its place along with, alongside these other two planets, and it's never the same for Mercury. Mercury's like, "Eh, what do I say? What can I say? Now we're in the place where Mercury has to keep quiet and intuit or meditate. And I really think that it's valuable to go into a place of meditation when Mercury goes into Pisces, because once we're dealing with those 
realms, then we can, if we keep quiet, we get information. If we find solace in silence, we get information. So this is a different way of achieving and gaining information from Mercury. This isn't something where we are getting Mercury to act in the normal way and communicate and speak and think and articulate in the normal way. We are getting Mercury to intuit. We are getting Mercury to be silent and listen. We're getting Mercury to uh, sort of step back and observe. And these are not typical things for Mercury to do. And so when we start looking at Mercury's activity in the sign of Pisces, we start looking at something that is completely uh, foreign to Mercury. <laughs> and it only happens once a year. Mercury goes through Pisces, happens once a year. It's not like it goes into Pisces like two months from now, it's going to do this. And, and actually, we're going to get some retrogrades here. But what's happening is Mercury's going to spend a little more time in Pisces because it is going retrograde on the 16th of February. And it's retrograde until about the 9th of March, and it's going to go back into Aquarius. So here's what we're looking at. So this is an important moment because Mercury is at the end of Aquarius today, and it's going to go into that retrograde on the 16th. And so we're now we're starting the journey in Pisces tomorrow. And when we get to, you know, around the 10th of March, and we get to this moment when Mercury is turning direct, Mercury is going to be at 28 degrees of Aquarius. Now, that means we are dealing with the moment, okay, so where we are right now, Mercury's 29 Pisces. Yesterday, Mercury's 28, I'm sorry, 29 Aquarius. Yesterday, Mercury's 28 Aquarius. What happened yesterday and today? Where, where were you? Where have you been? What's it been like? What did you communicate? Did you get information? Are you getting information? Is it, is it good information? Is it uh, powerful information? Did you start something new? Did you start some sort of maybe meditative protocol? Maybe you started some analysis work. Maybe you started something detailed. Um, when Mercury returns to these points where we've been in the last couple of days, we will gain more information about when what was going on in these last couple of days. So, you know, observe. This is the time to observe. So where Mercury is yesterday and today, we're going to revisit at the 10th of March. Mercury's going to turn around at 28 Aquarius and revisit yesterday and today. And so when that happens in early March, Mercury is coming back and it's gonna give us some more information about where we have been these last couple of days. So it slides forward in that time. So we have to be very aware and conscious of our conversations right now. And maybe you wanna write them down. Maybe you want to, if you have a turning point, if you have thoughts, if you have decisions. And Mercury's where we make decisions. And Saturn's where we make decisions too. But you know, Mercury is where our thinking mind decides something. And so when you're dealing with mercurial energy, you know, sometimes Mercury's a little, a little funny, a little bit of a joker, a little bit of a trickster. 
And so when it goes retrograde and it's in Pisces, which is kind of the invisible realms, you know, it, it rules the invisible realms, maybe Mercury's not going to be forthcoming with this information. So I suggest you pay attention to what's happened yesterday and today. You pay attention to where uh, Mercury lands, what, what happens on the 10th of March, and notice how they compare. Because at that point, Mercury is going to give you some information and maybe add another layer to the story. So maybe you've been working with clients, maybe you've been working uh, on something with your family, maybe whatever it is, communicatively, analytically, whatever, maybe you're writing a book, maybe you're writing an article, maybe you're producing or publishing something. Mercury is going to give you this information the last few days and then you're gonna turn around and see it again sometime around the 10th of March. And when that happens, uh, we're going to have this, you know, this experience, and then Mercury's going to go back into Pisces again. So tomorrow, Mercury goes into Pisces, and then we have to look again in the days following the direct station, because it's not, it's going to spend another several days in Aquarius. So it's going to go back into Aquarius and it's going to spend days there and it won't go in back into Pisces again until the 16th of March. So when we get to tomorrow, the information we're getting, like the, that switch over from Aquarius to Pisces with Mercury, it's kind of a big one because we're going from a very analytical realm, which is Aquarius, to a very invisible, intuitive realm, which is Pisces. What does that turning point look like for you? What does that mean for you? Where is that in your chart? So as you go forward, and as Mercury goes forward, don't expect it to reveal to you things that are happening like tomorrow. It's these last few days. So Mercury actually, we're going to look at that. Mercury goes back into Aquarius on the 4th of March. It doesn't go direct till the 10th. So we're looking at the 4th through the 16th of March for it to be back in Aquarius in a very slow movement. So it's going to be retrograde in Aquarius, and it's then it's going to go direct to 28. So if you have a planet at 28 or 29 Aquarius, it is being affected by Mercury. Mercury will station on the planet, turn around, go direct. And so the information, this is a hot point now. So yesterday and today, hot points. We're going to see them again sometime around the 14th, you know, the 10th, the 4th through the 16th of March. And so watch out for that. That is important. We're going to talk about this in March again. We, we're going to have more conversations about this because as March begins in a month, we're going to be looking at some things that we might have come to decisions about now. Decisions. Decisions are an interesting thing because when we decide and we really decide something, we can make something manifest in our lives very powerfully. And the reason I focus on this is because I've witnessed people deciding very definitively about things and then I watch things happen in their life. But you can't just decide. You can't just say, you know what, I'm going to do this because decisions involve emotion and you have to have an emotion and a thought together in order to manifest. So if you're manifesting, it's because, you, and you are being successful at it and you're like, hey, I got what I wanted. 
you have an emotion and you have a thought and they have worked together to create what you desire. So this is very interesting. It is important to recognize when something gets manifest. And I think that Aquarius and Pisces are really good about that. They, they really help us understand the invisible realms a little more. They're the end of the zodiac. They are things that are not uh, commonplace. It's not that uh, we're talking about, we're starting to get into uncommon events. We're starting to get into uh, higher levels of thinking and consciousness when we get into Aquarius and Pisces. Uh, we're not talking about balancing your checkbook. We're starting to talk about what happens in the brain and what happens in your mind and what happens when you have visions or you, you're meditating and you have visions or you have a psychic experience or you have an intuition or you have a deja vu, whatever, whatever that looks like for you. So I expect when Mercury slows down and turns around, we're going to have more experiences like that. Like we can expect to to have the results of maybe decisions we're making now decisions are important when we make a decision if we waver on our decision then we're we are not emotionally behind that decision we're not emotionally connected to the decision you may say that's it i'm not eating in that restaurant anymore i'm using a very simple example that's it i've had it i'm not eating there anymore i have a disappointing experience every time i go to that restaurant and so there's an emotion behind that. It's disappointment. It's like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, and then you're passing by and you're hungry several weeks, months later, and you're like, oh, man, it's going to take too long. All right, I'll just eat here. And it's like somehow, some way, oh, it wasn't that bad. Okay, you know. But there's, there's really, there's, decisions are really powerful when we make them in a powerful place so if you get sick from eating at the restaurant you really aren't going back i'm not going back there again i got sick i feel sick I, i'm not eating there and that that's usually like even that's a greater emotion than disappointment <laughs> um you there's things to putting our foot down to certain stuff in life and if you go back on your word which sometimes we do under mercury retrograde if we go back on our word and we say okay i said i wasn't going to do this but all right i'll do it and we this is where we create a repeated pattern and this is where we don't want to do that if it's a disappointing unhappy pattern if it's a pattern of good things if you know you said all right i'm going to go to the gym three times a week and you're like and i made good on my promise and you're that's a good repeating pattern if you feel good and you're not getting injured and you're happy with your progress at the gym if you say i'm going to like change my diet and stuff decisions have to have an emotion behind them why do new year's resolutions not necessarily work you may decide the thought in your brain and not have the emotion behind it so Aquarius is about the brain, Pisces about emotions. When the two of them can come together, as they are coming together now and in these next days, and then we're going to see that in March, when the two of them can come together and have a, a, a whole experience, then we're going to see a difference. Then if my heart is involved in that decision, then it's, it's really something important. And that's what's really, really, really happening 
um, when we decide and we manifest. If I see something I want and I see that there's no contest, like that's it, that's, that's what I want to do, well, or that's what I want to buy, or that's what I want to have, or that's what I want to start, then anything that's sort of wavering in, in the in-between space between deciding and emoting, it's, you know, well, I made the decision I was going to go on a diet, you know, that kind of thing. If you make that decision, you got to stand behind it. And so we don't, we don't always fulfill what we think we want without one component of that. You may emotionally feel something and your heart may be in it, but your brain is, has its doubts. So there's the reverse of that. So look at that in these next days and weeks. Look at what you're deciding. Look at what's important. Look at where you say, uh-uh, I'm not doing that anymore. Or yes, I am taking the risk. I am jumping in. I am going into this without worrying about it. I'm going to connect and be um, be firm about it. And that's when you get your answers. That's when you get uh Results, And people wonder why they don't get results. It's because both of those components have to be... Results are manifestations. Both of those components have to be involved. So that's, that's the important thing to know about making decisions and Mercury. And it doesn't mean you have to be hard about it. It just means you have to be... Your heart has to be there. And if your heart's not there, well, then how can you decide? Um, you know... How can you how can you decide if your heart's not in it? So ask your heart, ask your heart first. And we've been talking a lot about that. So then there's Venus. This is the last week that Venus is in Pisces. Now, Venus, here we go again. Venus likes being in Pisces. Mercury doesn't love being in Pisces. Venus does. Venus is exalted in Pisces. This is a wonderful, beautiful place for Venus. It's good for friendships, it's good for creativity, it's good for love, it's good for passion, it's good for Altruism. Pisces is an altruistic sign. Venus loves being in Pisces. The goddess is happy there. But at the end of the week, as we move through the days, Venus is going to move into Aries. And that would be on the 7th of February, which is Friday. Now, if Venus moves into Aries, and actually it's going to have a nice relationship with the moon that day because the moon will be in Leo and all the goddesses are in agreement because they're in fire signs and they want to get things done. Yeah, Venus gets things done in Aries, but she doesn't necessarily make friends because the friendship part of Venus is more in the Pisces realm. So here we are again where Mercury went from Aquarius where it likes being an analytical it went into Pisces, where it's not really getting to do that. Now we're getting Venus, which loves and and cherishes and understands and has compassion in Pisces. And then it's moving into Aries, which is not its favorite sign because it belongs in Libra. Libra is the opposite from Aries. And here we are again with detriment. Um, now, that doesn't mean the message doesn't get through. Two of the most famous sex symbols in Hollywood history, which were Elizabeth Taylor and Marilyn Monroe, they both had Venus in Aries. And, you know, if you chart their love life, well, that's another matter. They, they, <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor alone is, you know, you could write books on her love life. And Marilyn's was less than charming for her, too, compared to what they wanted, you know. 
And here it is again. Venus is what we want. Venus is what we desire. Venus, we need Venus because it helps us understand what we want. Well, you know, sometimes when Venus is in Pisces, we are a little bit wavering about what we want. And Venus in Aries may be more decisive, but it's not, it's not a great place for Venus because Venus is not giving itself, you know, the, the, the heart and the soul that it has in Pisces or Libra or the aesthetic that it has in Libra. It's a little more impulsive in the first sign of the zodiac, in the fire sign. It's a little more impulsive because it's it's in, okay, I just wanna do it. Come on, let's just get married. <laughs> All right, I'm getting married. All right, wow, that was a whirlwind romance. You know, Venus and Aries, yeah. Um, this is more, you know, this is more the goddess, uh, you know, Diana, the, the huntress. Um, Athena, the, the goddess of, you know, of more like of war and, and and peace and stuff and, and and those are those are more warrior goddesses there are warrior goddesses in the the greek and roman pantheons but that and they relate to that aries because aries is a warrior so this is another thing venus is going to be in aries venus will not retrograde in aries venus will retrograde later in the year in gemini but so we have a few weeks with venus in aries so this is where she's more combative so we have to look at things where she's going to be a little more combative and not as nicey-nicey as she was when she was in Pisces. People may expect things of you. People may make demands on you. That's what Aries does. Come on, I'm impatient. Give it to me. I need it now. Well, what is, what's the story? Why is it taking so long? Hey, you know, and that's like, hey, what are you talking about? You're hurting my feelings. <laughs> and Venus and Aries is really um, not something that's a a great place it isn't she doesn't express herself the best there so okay you know so people might drive you a little crazy for the next few weeks just you know go through it it's not going to be forever venus goes into aries once a year and by early march she will be in one of her favorite signs which is taurus then she'll be contending with uranus but that's not a big deal i'm not that gets exciting but really that's we're not dealing with it's it's early march that things start to shift again we're with mercury and venus and so in the meantime we're dealing with you know sort of the the warrior goddess so if you need a battle fought <laughs> well then hey call on venus and aries she's going to fight your battle um mars is better at fighting battles than venus because that's mars's game but don't create issues in relationships where there are none and that's the cautionary tale of venus and aries don't be impatient don't go that's it this is done i'm throwing my hands in the air sorry bye you can't you you got to work through whatever battles and you have to pick your battles and choose your battles um as we move through you know venus in, in aries um what she's going to do though over these days is venus is going to conjunct chiron and that's on the ninth that's next sunday so she's going to greet chiron and chiron is in aries and you'll remember last year if you've been listening to this podcast a long time or if you're following astrology that chiron entered aries last year and it's fully in aries now it didn't dip back into pisces like it did it did stay in aries and so we are dealing with the the focus on the self and doing what's necessary for you for what's important for you and not uh, people who have venus and I'm, I'm sorry um chiron and aries 
often don't look after themselves. They do what other people want them to do, which is sort of the the not Chiron and Aries they decision. The Chiron and Aries decision is listen, I have to be who I am. I have to be who I am and I'm 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 pleasing uh the the other people in my life I have to but I'm I'm squelching part of my personality to be somebody I'm not and you know to be to please somebody else to to give somebody else like okay well you know my spouse wants me to be this way so I'm going to I'm going to just sort of adjust Chiron and Aries gets wounded when they do that and Chiron is the wound that doesn't heal it's the wound we have to attend to when we're we're constantly reminded of it so venus is going to remind us of our wound next sunday now if you're a person who has a venus chiron conjunction in your chart no matter where it is in the zodiac then you are a person who's going to have a recurrence next sunday and you have to be you know reminded and just be aware stay aware of that and it will give you some information about that relationship wound or that that moment in your life that you were there's something about your birth legend where your relationships relate to the to needing to be healed or you are the healer in relationships it depends on where it falls what sign it falls in where you're looking at this but venus and chiron venus can heal chiron um chiron tends to bring us back to relationships where we might feel wounded. It doesn't, and this is a very important thing, if you are capable and willing 100%, and here's decisions again, here's where we talk about decisions, if you are capable and 100% committed, and I mean committed, to undoing the Venus Chiron pattern, then you don't have to live with that your whole life. You, you become aware of it, and you say, I'm not going to feed into this anymore, and you work on it. And working on Venus and Chiron is is important if you have that in your chart. So if you feel next Sunday that somebody might have stepped on your toes or or you feel like, oh, there's an arrow in my heart or, or something of that nature, that's Venus touching Chiron. And that's a soft spot, that's a sensitive place, and that's a place that you need to pay attention to. And if you know your chart and you have this, like I said, it's a recurrence, have, you have to have faith that this can be healed. And you have to have the faith that that Venus, the principles of love, is going to help you love yourself enough to heal this. And that's the other component of it. You have to love yourself enough to do this, to, to heal this. So... That is, that's what we're looking at. We don't have, um, you know, Saturn and Pluto are still hanging out together. There's not something, there's nothing major going on with them. Mars is still going to be in Sagittarius in this next week. We're not seeing it go into Capricorn yet. It's good in Sag. It likes Capricorn. So that's going to be an interesting ride, but that's not just yet. Um, if, you know, Saturn and Pluto are still working with each other. There's, they're going to be three degrees apart a week from now. But Jupiter, Jupiter is at 15 Capricorn as of next Sunday. It's really, really going to be uh, going toward that Pluto. And remember that we're now in February and in two months, Jupiter and Pluto are going to be conjunct for the first time. Which then brings us back to 
and I hate to be blatantly self-promoting, but I have to share with you that I do have a video. And if you are interested in hearing what's going on this year, I've made a video. You can purchase it for $15. You just go to my website, thegoldenastrologer.com and click on book online. And that video is down where you book appointments. You can purchase it and I will send you the key to get into it. So you're welcome to do that. It will describe the three passes of Jupiter and Pluto that we're going to have this year, which are very important and require us to stretch, stretch, stretch what we feel we're capable of doing in our lives to achieve something, to get to that mastery that we're learning about during Saturn and Pluto. So on that note, it's Sunday, February 2nd. I bid you a good week. I wish you well this week and uh, listen to Mercury. Stay, stay astute and aware of what Mercury is telling you. And be, the, be accessing that warrior goddess, no matter if you're male or female. If you're a guy and, you know, men relate to Mars energy, which is, you know, where Aries is, Aries rules, um, you know, Venus comes in and softens it up a little bit. So you should be aware of that. So I thank you for listening. My name is Deb McBride. My website is thegoldenastrologer.com. My Instagram is thegoldenastrologer, where you can see videos about what's going on in the week and messages about that. Also, my Twitter is at devastrology. I write a blog. It's on my website. And you are welcome to book a session with me. And that is uh, on the book online feature of my website. I do this podcast every weekend. So I welcome you to go back and listen. That's also available on my my website, in iTunes, and other places where podcasts are available. I've been doing astrology for over 30 years. So I'm a very seasoned astrologer. And I invite you to enjoy what I put out astrologically on my website and other venues. Thank you so much for listening. Hope to see you next week.